Hey everybody, it's Tony from Fab Four Free For All. This episode of the show was recorded live at the Beatles White Album International Symposium held at Monmouth University in Long Branch, New Jersey on November 8th through 11th, 2018. We would like to thank the event coordinator, Dr. Ken Womack, for having us on board. And, of course, we'd like to thank our live audience of listeners and Beatles friends and family. During the course of the episode, which references what may have happened to the Beatles if the White Album had been released in alternate formats, we make reference to a number of visual images that are being shown on the screen during the live event. These images can be found on the show's website at fab4freeforall.com. For those of you who've never come by, that's fab, the number four, free, the number four, all.com. Please come by and visit the site, and while you're there, check out some of the web-exclusive content. Enjoy the episode. As you can tell, this is going to be a little bit of a, not a typical symposium where we're all like, yes, Muffy Biffy, um, the Beatles. No, we're going to be having a little bit of fun. Muffy Biffy. Muffy Biffy, you never heard of them? They live on Long Island. Come on, they're on Long Island. They say they know about you. And boy, that's why they're not here. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we are the Fab Four Free For All. Has anybody heard our show? Yes. I'm so sorry. We apologize. Um, Yeah, we do apologize up front. Uh, I am Mitch Axelrod. Uh, Don't know if anybody knows, but I wrote the book Beetle Tunes. Anybody have Beetle Tunes? Oh, cool. Wow. I also wrote a book called Little Billy and Baseball Bob, which is a children's book that was just reprinted on Tuesday. Uh, So if you want to look that up, it's on Amazon. Anybody have grandkids or kids, young kids? How about young kids? Makes a fine Christmas gift. Shut up. So it does. <laughs> it does. I'm Jewish. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Makes a fine Hanukkah gift. We spent all our money on the White Exactly. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Right. You spent all your money on the White House. <laughs> we spent all the money on the White House. And, <laughs> and two of you are saving up for Red Rose Speedway and Wings Wildlife. So I'm Mitch Axelrod. I'm going to pass it over to Tony Truguardo. Talk about yourself, please, for a minute. So, I was born in the Bronx in 19... No, um... Really? Yeah, really? Really? I really am. I think so. No, I'm, I'm Tony Chiguardo. Thank you, Jared. Oh, wow, look at that. Oh, Thank you, Mom. His no, mom's I, here. I do, a, uh, I do a weekly show on WCWP, which you can't get out here on FM, but you can get streaming, so it's WCWP. If you forget, just remember, it's what happens when you've had too many beers. WC, WP... Anyway. Um, <laughs> so it's there's an app. The show is on 7 to 9 p.m. on Mondays. I actually did a show uh, for many years called Beetle Tracks back on 88.1 FM, and that was a lot of fun. We, I had Pete Best on for the. He did like the first really long interview in the states on the show. It's like eighty two, right? Eighty six when it first came over. Yeah, eighty five. Eighty five. Right. Yeah. See, so, so you were there. So you remember? I was. I was. What the? What did the Beatles say? I was just living history. I wasn't documenting. I'm kidding. Um. Anyway, so that's that's what I do, and um, I've also been doing uh, Beatles related lectures and things like that for years and years. So that's been the. And Rob Leonard. Rob Leonard. I still do Beatles songs every Friday, uh, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. on 90.3 WHB. Thank you. It streams on the internet. You can find it. It's also at a couple other places. Uh, there's a blogger named uh, Doug who does a page of old Beatle radio shows, which is actually pretty cool. And actually, January mm-hmm. is the what anniversary? 31st? Well, 31st of the premiere. It's a yeah. long time. But I took nine years off, so... But even if you took nine years off, to subtract that from that's, 32, that's, that's a lot. So 20, 20, he's been on 25. Well, yeah. thank you. We're not good at math. Yes, thank you. And uh, every once a year, I always have these guys on and a couple of people. and We have the Beatles song Rat Pack, which is a lot of fun. We just sort of make fun of everything. 
I love doing the show, and I hope you can hear it, and I love doing our podcast with these guys. I like just walking in and let's talk about the Beatles, and we're so, doing all right. So um, we are going to talk today. Our topic, uh, as you saw out there, is, is a single-disc white album the end of the Beatles? And each one of us is going to talk about how we are going to handle taking the 30 tracks from the white album and breaking them into either one single disc, as Rob is going to do, or as Tony and I are going to do, take two discs of, of material and not necessarily making them the White Album. So after that, we'll then talk about why we think maybe the Beatles would cease to be after these albums come out. In some cases, at least in that form. In that form. form that they were Yes, in, yeah. because they could go on later on, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that. And each one had talked about it. Sometime in 1970, before Paul made that announcement. And yes. we're going to get into some we'll of the interviews in 1970. Yeah. Just a little background, though, on the White Album. Right now, Giles is going around, and he did a great job. I mean, Giles is not here, so we don't have to clap for him. But uh, he did a good job on the remix. Everybody agree with that? Who's heard it? I mean, everybody like did it. a good job. Basically, a, a really good job. But he's going around, because uh, he's paid by Apple, to say stuff like, listen to the tapes. There's no animosity at all. You know, the Beatles were happy in the studio because the myth was always that they hated each other doing solo work. And, and perpetuated by, God rest the soul, the late, the late Jeff Emmerich. Correct. Which was perpetuated a lot in the book, obviously. Yes. Yeah. So, unfortunately, you know, when the tapes were off, so were the gloves. You know, you don't hear that because obviously we don't, we don't get to hear anything not on tape. So, there was a bunch of animosity already in the studio. You know, they went to Rishikesh in February... Correct, February, I believe. Yeah. And they stayed through April, most of them. And there was a good feeling, and they wrote all the songs, and they did Esher demos, as we know, and the Esher demos sound amazing right now. Uh, and you and hear, we have you hear the, some happiness in the Esher demos, too. Absolutely. Because they're hearing them, you know, and realizing that they're with one another on some of the demos. And you do hear some joy in that also. Well, there is definitely joy yeah. until they get into the studio. And now they're in the studio, and again, it's the cold studio. It's not what they were in Rishikesh, and the happy feelings are gone. Yoko's in the studio for the first time. Now everybody says, oh, Yoko's in the studio. But so was Francie Schwartz, who was uh, Paul's girlfriend at the time. So was Patty, and so was Maureen. It's also now we're almost a year away from, from Brian Epstein's passing. There's also kind of like probably settled into some, that there are issues now. Definitely well, they also just started there. Apple. Just started a new business. And right. they thought they couldn't go wrong. Well, right. they also had a, um, a, I guess, a failure with Magical Mr. Tour as a movie. Right, you know, the first or, big or failure. Although, don't show. ask Paul that right. now, because everybody... Well, he takes it as, I learned how to direct. You, know, that's why, uh, you learned how to direct, then he did give my regards to Broad Street, so, you know, sorry. And we all know how well that turned out. Who likes Broad Street, by the way? Oh, come on. Oh. <laughs> You're so full of crap. Move to the soundtrack. I actually like the soundtrack. Yes, oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me just yeah, specify. The, the movie. Awesome. We like the movie. Ah. Half really? Okay. It was half good. The performance. Can you guys just leave, please? I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. So it just gets a plus I, just for Paul the bomber jacket. I'm sorry. Linda in a bomber jacket, maybe. <laughs> Paul in a bomber jacket does nothing for me. At least at my age now. He used to. You kept asking about an uncensored white album poster. Yes, yeah. there was an uncensored white uncensored album poster, white which I've been asking about. Yes. Anyway. Uh, stop. There are naked pictures of Paul on the White Album. Come on. But anyway, there, um, there was animosity. But again, the women in the studio, you know, Paul right away got a little crazy that Yoko was in there and, and didn't want 
them to be together because now it's not John and Paul, as we all know. So there were a bunch of things happening. Mark Lewison's book, according to interviews and, and Mark, I, I believe Lennon said that Paul's stuff was bland and uh, what was the uh, cloyingly bland uh, and Granny music. Granny, yeah. yeah, and and Paul said well, that, that from the uh, Rolling Stone interview. Yeah, well, they, but, yeah, but, but still though. But didn't but also still. Lennon then? Uh, did Paul then say that his John stuff was unmelodic, unmelodic, and uh, and purposely destructive or whatever it was? You know? So there was a lot of things going on. So when Giles says that there was no animosity and listen to the tapes, yes, it's great because you do hear the tapes and they sound really great and the Beatles are all happy. But and we also do it. know from some things that haven't been made publicly available that John definitely was harboring some bitterness towards Obla di Obla da. It comes out later in a... Well, <laughs> no, but it comes out later in a one of the meetings that they have that yeah. John was harboring quite a bit of bitterness about them wasting precious and album space with Obla di Obla da. So, you know, the Beatles are in the studio from May through October. And in the middle of that... They have the Mad Day Out photos. Everybody knows the Mad Day Out photos. July 28th, they go out. They're so exhausted in the studio. They actually agree to be photographed for a full day, looking happy and to get out of the studio. And then two days later, and we'll talk about it with you as well, the Hey Jude film. Basically what we're talking about is the clip where we see George up in the booth talking with George Martin and obviously being more than slightly miffed. They were told the cameras would be filming. They were there for hours and hours. They did takes like 7 through 28 of Hey mm-hmm. Jude, whatever it was. And they, they ended up using six minutes. And George is in the booth with George Martin uh, because famously Paul didn't want him to play the little echoing of Hey guitar Jude, parts. the gu- guitar part. Yeah. That's the second time in like what, it's, two it's years. It's just sort of a step away from George doing the I don't care if he doesn't want it in his show. You know, it's like just about that point. Let me, yeah. let me say something though. When What's we that? did Real Love, George put all those fills because those Paul was so ones. afraid to not have that happen. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. You look at yeah, all Paul's so quotes. True. He's yeah. scared of George walking out. And he doesn't oh, want yeah. to be the guy saying, oh, George Harrison walked out because... McCartney breaks had- up Beatles yes. again! <laughs> <laughs> so he got his way years later. Yoko wasn't even there this time! <laughs> all Paul. All Paul. All day, all day. Anyway. No, but it, it, second time in two years. Hello, goodbye. He he didn't want George mimicking the, you know, the uh, the guitar, bits. the guitar again, again. Mm-hmm. and then in Hey Jude, and you know, George was. Can you imagine George Harrison on every, everything he tries to do? Paul's like, no, <laughs> and he just said, you know, I'll do Tax Man. You can't do it. Right. I'll do it in the Indian style, so you'll like it. But you know, you you're not getting there fast enough. So, so it must have been kind of weird. So, and anyway, in the middle of all this, George and Ringo leave in June to go to California to film scenes for Raga, or you know, for the uh, Ravi Shankar's mm-hmm. documentary Raga. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So when you hear Giles, just say, oh, that's nice, you know, because there was a lot of animosity in all these things, so. But Obladi Obladi sounds happy, the version that's on the White Album. Yes, it's, and John very, came into the studio and said, God damn it, we're doing this. <laughs> I know that, but it still sounds happy. Yeah. And Paul left a mistake in there, which he normally doesn't True. do. Yeah. So anyway, let's get into some of the the, the reasoning behind what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to go first. Yes, right. because alphabetically, Mitch comes before Rob and Tony. Do the way that works. Anyway. I thought actually Rob <laughs> comes before. It does too. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how you do it, we're still alphabetically in the same order. Well, there you go. Anyway, go ahead. And I'm the shortest, so they, they feel bad. Anyway. Mitch, stand up. I am. Nice. <laughs> Can you leave? 
I've he's heard your music. Can you leave? <laughs> he's always on his soapbox. Uh, yes, Rob, can you? Uh, Let me throw it here. This is my Mitch's releases. Um, I haven't made an album, so it's a blank screen. It should have been Mitch's white album releases. I know, but still, that's Mitch's. Anyway, releases. what I did, you know, it's very hard to pick two. I broke them up into two albums that will be released. Uh, one after another. I'm not picking the best of the White Album like so many people do. And when you try to pick two albums, White Album material, it's really hard to get two that sound good. There's not enough rockers on any of it to really get two really fine albums. So I've done the best that I could here because my thinking is, and we'll get into what happens after these are released in the second half of the show, but my thinking is that the Beatles are going to put out an album of 14 tracks, like always. And later on, they're going to save, they're going to trust George Martin or whomever or Paul to go back into the studio and pick a second album, which will be released in September of 69 in lieu of Abbey Road. So I'm having an that's alternate... Your, that's your... That's my... Right. right that's not your what Tony world. and Robert do. In my right. alternate universe... That's what's happening. So just bear with that in mind. With that in mind, so Mitch, bear with it, me here. Is it being done for for the sake of keeping it a tension-free situation? They've broken yes. it up into two and albums. and that's exactly what's going two. on because okay. they've done 30 songs. Okay. They just spent time in Rishikesh. They want to have a happy existence okay. for themselves and as the Beatles. So they're going to have these 30 tracks. They're already thinking, we're not doing anything for a while. We're going to just put these two albums out. There won't be a need for Abbey Road, but we'll get to that. Have there been solo releases? There will be. Okay. And we'll get to that after these are released. All right, so uh, that's the Beatles. That's George. (laughs) (laughs) This is my album. It's actually kind of boring looking, but it's all right. I'm kidding. That would be my album cover. The first album is called The Beatles, except it's a Mad Day Out photo. It's representative of who they are at that time, but it's not going to be the White Album. It's going to be the Beatles, all right? So why don't we get to black on, black on white. It's like the death no, yeah, the black that, album. That's okay. What I did was, you have to come up with a strong closer and a strong opener for each side. Very tough when you're trying to break it up into two albums. It really is. Now mine is four Paul songs, seven John, two George, and one Ringo. That would be a pretty much typical Beatles album back then. Again, Back in the USSR opens it, Happiness is a Warm Gun closes it, which it did on the first one anyway, and then Your Blues opens it, and Revolution 9 closes it, because it's kind of a cool song to close on, I guess. And if you have to skip it, you don't have to move the needle to to another. Right, because because you are moving it. Just saying. But but you're right. Not that anyone would skip it. Well, quite honestly, though, we're not talking about CDs, so you would have to get up and move the needle if Revolution yeah. number 9 was yeah. song number 2. Right. So, anybody here not remember a record? Oh, cool. <laughs> Good. I didn't, I didn't know, like, my daughter was like, what's that? We're among family. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Vinyl family. Yeah. So, this album comes out. It stays out. It does okay. I mean, it, it's not a terrible album. I tried to... It's hard to do. So, I put Piggies and Blackbird together because it's a bunch of animals and birds, whatever. And then, you know, happiness is a warm gun because they'll shoot the piggies and the blackbirds. Now, Cry Baby Cry keeps the Can You Take Me Back, Mitch? For you, this, are the pieces of music for you, because they are for me anyway, they're intact from yes. what we know in the White Album? Yes. Okay. I'm not removing anything. Okay. That'll be for Rob to do. That is for me. Okay. Yes. So everything is intact. 
And this is the album that comes out in November of 68, in my eyes, in my universe. Is Paul still dead? No, I'm sorry. Paul is still dead. Okay. Yeah, yes. That's why the Can You Take Me Back is still, still there. there. Okay. Again, it's not a bad album. If you look at the selections on it, it's, it's the Beatles and it's hindsight, but even at the time, uh, who was around at the time? Wow, you guys are old. No, I was there too. I was only six. But, but anyway, if you got that album, what would you think of it? Is there anything there that you'd say, oh, well, that's not a great album. Be truthful. Yeah. It's okay. Revolution number nine at the end. Well, revolution number nine it's, it's at the end of any, uh, It's interesting. But, but should you be aiming for a Beatles album that's just okay? They never did anything that was just right. okay. You're right. Right. But the problem is, but, if they went in with the thought of doing two separate albums, and this is all you had to work with, the 30 tracks, if you try to do it yourself, it's tough to get a better album but, and still save enough for the next yeah. one, which I think is going to be the better album. But which, to Richard's point, though, makes it interesting, because we were talking as we were doing this, not just about the psychology of doing it as, if it were something where they saved tracks and it meant really sort of the end of the Beatles as we knew it, is one of the strengths of the White Album, you know, you hear all that talk all the time about do they do the White Album as a single disc, but is one of the strengths of the White Album in a way that if a track is kind of dragging you down a little bit, you've got something else that's going to, this, it's such a huge piece of work. So in a way, is the strength of the work partly because it's a double album. It's just, there's just so much meat there. And the songs there are short, too. That, and the songs are relatively short. So, so it's, it's an interesting point where it's kind of like, if you break it up into two albums, no matter how strong you try to make each album, is, is it just the idea of like breaking up the Beatles? Is the, is the sum of the parts not as strong as the whole? So it's a question of, but would the Beatles have been thinking that way if the idea was we're putting out an album and we're banking some tracks for something? And maybe not, because so, if they were doing, to your point, if they, if they were thinking that way in my universe, they may have said, let's take the best and whatever's there, let's see what happens. Right. But again, when you do that, you're pretty much sabotaging the second album. Right. Because right. it's a very weak album. And I think it would, have been, it would have been historic for them to have done a, oh, by the way, this is what we have left. No other band had really quite done that yet and in the this, 60s. That started happening in Jefferson Airplane's early flight, like little things where they would throw out, like, also, this is what we had left. I also think, who had the double album, Blonde on Blonde, Bob Dylan? And they were influenced by Dylan. Why wouldn't they have their own double album? Sure. I just thought sure. about that this week when we were doing. So now you're well, contradicting yeah, me. See, you're, no, you're no, 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 no. White album, two single albums. Uh, that's, I know, but I, but I was thinking about what were the double albums of the yes. time, and yeah. Yeah. Blonde on Blood was one of them. And so why wouldn't the Beatles have? Fire. Wheels they would, yeah, right. but again, this is my universe. Sit down. Yeah. Okay, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> Tom, no, then we got questions here. Uh, are, you, are you also considering the length of the songs and time to make sure that they fit mm -hmm. on both sides? On no. The you no, I did. I'm not. I did. Okay. He did. I, I did. did. Quite honestly, okay. I didn't want to get into the minutiae like that. I mean, you could do that, but let's pretend they're CDs now. Okay. I actually think you did okay. To okay. be honest, you definitely did okay with side one, and it looks like you did all right with side two because Julia's quite short. Now, last time you spoke nice. So I'm you actually be offended right. by the lack of Paul songs on that. <laughs> so we'll make up for it. The better though you say, you're going to me now. Will be the better one because there'll be more Paul songs on. There you go. That is good. You can come to my universe. But also, it was Paul and John and, and George Martin who put the whole album together. So if Paul's there at the time, he's going to probably say, "Hey." Uh, what about a couple of my more of my songs? So well, we'll do that on. in the next one, Paul. Okay, we'll do okay. that in the next yes, one. Yes, exactly. Now, again, oh, sorry. Yeah, I, th I think it's a really solid record. Oh, thank you. I and appreciate switching it. out your blues from leading side two because I don't see that as a strong.
wrong. You know, again, it, it, um, what yeah. else? What Sorry. can you put? What do you I, put? I switch out either. Uh, I. I Put it to number two and put either glass onion or obladi obladi. See, onion, I would obladi oblada. That's the one but, I would pull, but you actually. Have to, but again, yeah. now you've got two pole songs opening up both sides. I wanted to give it a little diversity. Oh, okay. I okay. wanted to give John something. And, and your blues is a, is a well, rock. Well, and that two, three, that's exactly. an interesting start. Because yeah. if, you, if you're now yeah. flipping yeah. over the record and hearing that two, two. three, it, it's opening Does the it call back to Tax Band, too? Does it call back to the white but just to not the revolver? Absolutely. Yeah. No, but you know. Two, two quick questions. One, one is, uh, don't pass me by. Is that simply because it's a Ringo song? You put it on there because you think the song itself. No, I had to get Ringo songs on there, and I think the next album has "Good Night" as the closer. And the see. second thing is that I think there might be a fruitful thing analogy with Bruce Springsteen because the Darkness album had all that material from the Promise that was released in 2010. Yep. Yeah. Then the River. I think John Landau kind of bullied him into putting in all... You've got the paradox then, right, of all yeah. that material. Where, Absolutely. So, so it opens up the question of when you streamline like this, does it, in the same way that darkness is probably in some ways a little too narrow, okay. does it narrow it down too much? And is the White Album an embrace of the paradox idea, maybe? Well, Connection to Pepper, possibly. But this sure. is not... But right. again, sure. you just said something. Is the White Album... This is not the White Album. Right. right. Okay. This is the Beatles. Yes, it's right. called the Beatles, just like the White Album, but it's not the White Album. Yeah. Now we're going to see the White Album. Oh. My next album is this. <laughs> because Everest is covered in snow. snow. And now this album, to be honest, that it was the working title of Abbey Road. So now Everest becomes the White Album because that's what it's known as. I mean, the other one is just a Mad Day Out photo. It's just a picture of the Beatles. But now the Beatles are now forcing us to make this the White Album because the Beatles didn't say, well, this is our White Album. It's the Beatles. We don't need to be on it. It's white, and that's it. Later on, it became the White Album. Or everybody knew it was the White Album. So they weren't consciously saying it's the White Album. So this is what's going to be known as the White Album now. And now this comes out in September of 69. There's no Hilton Yeah. I'm getting there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he caught you, or that was that was good. Hang on, hang on. Richard came up with a problem. Yes, sir. There's too much pull on. <laughs> All right, wait. I'm gonna back up the zoom to when you said not enough pull on the other one, and there's too much pull. Absolutely. All right. On this one, there's six pull. Five John, one Ringo and two George. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's always one Ringo and two George. But George didn't have any other songs. He had four. So you, it's a necessity to break it up onto the two. But again, Paul leads off. And it's, it's this, actually, to me, even though Why Don't We Do It in the Road, it's kind of a quirky ending, just like Revolution 9 was. And then Revolution 1 starting off, again, with that, I take one, you know, take two. Yes. Again, starting off with a count to be consistent. And then ending with Good Night. Now, I wish it could end with the Good Night that we just had on the box with Beatles harmonizing. That would be kind of cool, but this is the lush version because we have to keep it this way. But again, it's, I think this is a stronger album. Does anybody agree? Please, I, I'll give you a dollar. I think it's a different album. It's a different album. It's very different. It I is think it's different. strong, but it's different. But now, this yeah. album, as we go on through the years, this album now is known as the White Album. Is it as iconic as the White Album is now? No, it's not, to, in my eyes. It's a really fine album. I mean, honestly, what do you think of Mitchell, the album? Mitchell, yeah. did you contemplate the idea that Everest also could be Everest because they're going to now rest for a while? I'm sorry, I had to do that. Anyway. <laughs> and Paul is still dead. Why Paul is still dead. Why don't you take it? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Hang on one second. I think you definitely got the, the three songs that 
people relate to with the with Paul, John, and George on there. I think people relate to birthday as Paul and one like guitar gently with yeah. George and revolution with John. Yeah. So I think in that way, I think that makes it stronger because um, as we know to come 50 years later, I mean, I think that's the songs that people really relate to on the album as the individual. Well, the first one back in the USSR is, you know, is big. You know, there's a bunch on the first one. I mean, Julia on the first one, oh, which yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. there are there are iconic. Listen, it's the Beatles. I know it's the bloody white album. Shut up! I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. That's answer number forty-two for, for Paul because he does that. He has like questions and says question number thirty-eight. <laughs> Couldn't get no worse. No, no right. shut up. But that one's one of them. The bloody white album. Shut up. But it is. It's true in a way. I mean, no matter how you slice the albums in two, it's still a good album. Yeah. Yeah. But is it that is it an iconic white album? No. One of the things, one of the millions of things that I love about the Beatles was their audacity for the world's most popular band to dedicate an eighth of their album to Revolution Number no. Nine is extraordinary to me. Now they can do that because after it, they end with the kind of schlockiness of Good Night. So you've got that sort of psychotic. Oh my God, I'm going to lose my mind, and then it's like, okay, now I calm down. I Good Night here. After I will, especially, I would, it would just kind of be like, oh my goodness. I thought about Sorry, that, and I was actually going to switch. Everybody's got to have something hot, you know, except me and my monkey. But if you do that, you got Rocky Raccoon into I will. Okay. It's so, a little too much schmaltz yeah. for me. So we're but too out of it here. But what if you had an extended while my guitar gently weeps? We didn't have an extended, but they could have. You're really that. going into an alternate, uh, you know, yeah. universe. There. But we were going with that way too. We were looking at the idea of what if there had been. You know, as Mitch if we was saying had the too, if we, we could have now. gone to the the alternate good night, would that have been a different feel on this record? You see, if the alternate good night was on this, I would have actually not have put it as a closer, because that's more like a this boy, yeah. even though it's Ringo singing, because it does sound it doesn't sound like a closer anymore. No. A good night with the Beatles no. harmonizing on it. No, doesn't. It doesn't. So it's not that lush, you know, good night, which is a natural. I mean, Side four goes. I mean, Revolution Nine, and I want to ask someone about this. So I was going to bring it up later, but I'll ask now because yeah, we're talking about. To me, Revolution Number Nine is a nightmare, and then Good Night is a lullaby. A lullaby to the person who just had the nightmare. And nice. if you look at it that way, and I'm not, I've never heard anyone talking like that, but if you look at it that way, it makes sort of a lot more sense that Revolution Nine goes into Good Night, not just because they're two really offbeat songs and you have to put them somewhere and you usually put the offbeat songs at Whereas, the end. Whereas interestingly, I Will and Good Night, I Will can come off as a lullaby. So you get two lullabies in a row in a way. Like unless Tomorrow Never Knows off, at the end of a revolver. Yeah, unless it comes off where, where Revolution Number 9 is an acid trip and Good Night is coming down from the trip. Because at that time, too. people were doing that. Right? And they might do it again with this really I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. You're basically saying that neither album matches up to the double. Correct. What would the motivation really be then for doing this? You know, I, I, at that point, again, and it's all speculation, we can't possibly Surely know. Surely the idea of them having having a break, I think. Just having Surely a break. Having something and saying, you know what, we, we don't want to get together. We just did 30 in, and in a, so much animosity. We just don't want to do it. In a way, it's hindsight putting it in there because it's right. the idea of how do, how do you avoid the car crash that is January of 69? How do you avoid the winter of their discontent? And it's putting into place a sort of prearranged stopgap. I think is really the only way to the only way to have done that. To, it's, is it's to tough think to of it do, as a I mean, you, you can't break up the White Album. I mean, yeah. you, you can, but but it's trying. like you said, 
you, we're, we can't think of it as breaking up the white because album. Because it we was, this is not the as, white album. Right, right but right. this is now. So if right. this was remixed and given to us by Giles today, it would be good. Can we get to your singles? You know, well, yeah, we're going to get to the single now. Thank you. I'm sorry. Yes. Is this assuming that Abbey Road does not exist? Correct. Okay. In yes. your world. In my world. Okay. But this was my single. This is my single. So you've deprived us of Abbey Road. <laughs> yes. Guilty as charged. Remember that when you vote. <laughs> no, you want to know something? No, I'm not. Because when we talk about it in the second half, you'll see why I'm not. Second half. Second half of our show. No, I'm, I, honestly, right I'm now not really depriving because uh, later on, uh, my premise is going to be that because there's no animosity, as much animosity, there's no alleged brick throwing to the, you know, nobody's right. doing that because you, you've said I quit first and you've said I quit first. They just sort of fade away. Not fade away, the, the Beatles. I mean, they can never fade away. Because the Yellow Submarine album comes out in January of 69. So they're still in the public eye. They don't self-destruct. Right, they don't. Correct. They don't self-destruct. They self they're actually just taking a break, not actually breaking up. No one's coming out in the McCartney album saying, you know, with the press release and all right. that. So this is my single in the middle of those two albums. It's not a bad single. What? Catalog numbers don't match. No, I know. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> oh hey, Photoshop God. at 2 a.m., man. It's, you know, <laughs> Richard would have fixed it. but I. Uh... We were going to put this on Swan Records, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> don't drop out. <laughs> Sorry. No, but uh, I mean, there's your single to keep the Beatles in the public eye. And in my, in my world, and we'll get to it, there's no real let it be either because they just start taking a break, knowing that in September of 69, mm. Abbey Road is not coming out, but my white album, Everest I, is coming I out. I hate to step on you, Mitch. I'm you said enough. no, let it be. Uh, Alan's leaving. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> the the we'll problem wait. with Helter Skelter... <laughs> yeah, the is problem is with Helter Skelter. ...with the, the Manson family stuff. And putting that as a single is the same thing that why in 76 we got put to the B-side. Well, remember they were but this, put but it might, TV this, this would have come out before, obviously. Right. This wouldn't have come out. This would have come this out. This would have come out before, and then Charles Manson would have bought yeah. all of them, and it would have went gold. Yeah, it would have. <laughs> no, I mean, either it, that it was or coming out. That or Manson would have bought the White thing. Album and wouldn't have bought the single. The Manson and then, was in you know, late there goes history again. Yeah. You know. yeah, Manson was late '69. Right. Was it late '69? Yes. Get your chronology. I'm sorry. Come on, get out. Let's stop. Yes, get Hang on. Mitch, why, why Wild Honey Pie? Why? Because you know what, John was in the mood to do what's the new Mary Jane as as a A side, but. He always got relegated we'll with the crazy stuff to B-sides. Yeah. So it, even though it's not John, it's, it's Paul, but it's still a crazy, you know, it's, it's a non-entity right. as a song. Yeah. Correct. Precisely. Yeah. So you know gotcha. what? We put that on the back. It's really a Paul A and B-side. But John's on there, too, for the Wild Honey Pie. So that's my universe. Rob's universe, which is... Robert, are you ready for your yeah, universe? I'm ready. I'm ready for my universe. <laughs> Robert? Thank you, Mitchell. Oh, any time, Robert. When we came up with this idea, I hadn't thought about it as much until I started to do research, and it's tough to break this album up. I was listening to it on the way down here, and damn it's about it. time. Damn it, it works very well as a double <laughs> set. And splitting it, it takes away, I think, the specialness of the weirdness of this album, because I think that's the main thing of this album. It has a, an offbeat thing that the Beatles at the time could get away with, because they were the Beatles, and that's what they did. I think also, I think people forget that the Magical Mystery Tour album released in the United States is a great album. 
but it wasn't released in Great Britain, and the Beatles might not have thought of that as a, another album, because this was the next album after technically after Pepper, because Magic Mystery Tour was the EP in Great Britain. Please so, turn off no our cell phones. Sorry. So, um, it's okay. It was Paul, he heard. Yeah. I'm sure he did. Damn it. So like, it's tough to break Boston. this up. And, and then where do you put the other things? And I'm actually stealing some from, from, from Tony from a while ago. That's not fair. Well, he, he didn't use it, so I'm taking it. Oh, then go for it. I didn't this time. <laughs> he right? did, because he, he brought it up another time we did this. Yes. And, and I, I, was, I was cursing him for coming up with this great idea. So my idea starts with... Back in the USSR, you can't have anything but this is your opening song. Right. Only because of the, the airplanes coming in and, du, 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 you know, it's just guttural as an opening. Dear Prudence, my only problem with Dear Prudence, it overlaps with Back in the USSR. I, I love the rock band mix where it starts clean and ends, ends clean. And I it, like that feel. It's your universe, you can make it that way. Oh, it is? We'll let you do oh, it. Oh, thank you. Okay. My, my universe? Yes. Anyway, go ahead. And then Blackbird Piggies, you know, the animal birds thing. You stole I, that from me. I did, didn't I? Yes. But I didn't see your list, so. Blackbird Piggies isn't up there. That's on the next album. That's on the next album. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right, you're right. You're right. It's on the next album. He's looking at my notes. I'm looking at yeah. my notes. He's I'm looking at my notes. I'm looking at the next one. Dear Prudence II, while my guitar gently weeps, into happiness is a warm gun. And, uh... Then we slow it down a little bit with I'm So Tired, Rocky Raccoon, and Don't Pass Me By. And by the way, we go with the stereo version of Don't Pass Me By. The mono version's way too fast. <laughs> Birthday is a great side opener. You have to go with that. Two Paul side opener. But again, Paul, two Paul. But that doesn't bother me. That okay. doesn't, I mean, it doesn't bother Paul either. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, think about it. Back in the USSR, Martha, wow. my dear. Sorry, Richard. Birthday and Revolution 1 was John's from the fourth side. Okay. So Good point. He's right. Three. He's right. Okay. Um, and then let's start rocking because I want this to be a rocking side. Your blues, everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. Pretty smoking. We get louder with Helter Skelter. We have to have some George stuff in there, so I put him back to back, which wow. normally wouldn't happen. But Sad Boy Truffle and Long, Long, Long. By the way, I love the new mix of Long, Long, yes. Long. Yes. I, yeah. Beautiful. I, yeah. One thing I was listening on the way down here, I'm like, I had to really raise this. I'm listening in the car, I'm like, man, this is really too low. But it comes after Health to Scout. You know, just, maybe that was That's the reason. True. But I love the remix on it. And uh, we end it with I Will. 14 tracks, just like Revolver. Not 13 like Pepper, but 14 like Revolver. So what happens next, Rob? Well, this I steal from Tony. You know, I, I always say where I stole. just like You when, always say where you stole. That's great. <laughs> that, well, you know, I'm not like Dylan, who doesn't. Uh, <coughs> Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Led Zeppelin, who pays people off. Um, anyway, um, there was another album waiting to be released at the time of the Beatles' White Album coming out, and that was the Yellow Submarine Soundtrack. Oh, you think your signal is in the middle or your single's at the end? should be at the end, but I'll, I'll okay. do the single right now. Obla di Obla Die, even though John didn't like it a lot, it's still the most single-like song on the album. And Sapoy Truffle would be a nice B-side to give to George. Even though they're both on your album? Yes. Because the Beatles didn't generally do that. Right. It's, a, it's a pull oh. from the album, in other words. Yes, yes. Okay. okay. Because I want... Because they, they have done it before where... Yes. Yes, but yeah. not many times. It's the I do the same thing. It's the capital version. Yes. So Yellow Submarine is waiting to be done. The Beatles don't know what to do with it. 
they almost put it out as an EP, which if you bought the mono box set is part of the mono masters, which actually sounds pretty good. It's all too much, sounds great in mono. But they didn't know what to do with the George Martin stuff. Then they, then they put it on there, of course, and I don't mind the George Martin stuff, but I like Hard Day's Night, the American version, also, so that's part of it. But if you take away the George Martin stuff and allow him not to get paid, because he needs a, his paycheck too, we start off side two of Revo with Revolution number one. My side two, by the way, of Ye Yellow Submarine is more acoustic. Even though they weren't in the movie. Even though they weren't in the movie, but you know what? Side two of A Hard Day's Night right. British. That's great. Side two of Hell. Side Side two of hell. hell. It's actually keeping in the tradition. Really. And actually Magical it's Mystery Tour, yeah. too. Right. The American version. Right. If you want to look at that. So, uh, <laughs> Revolution 1, Bungalow Bill, Blackbird, Piggies, Cry Baby Cry, Honey Pie, and Good Night. And you want to know something? A lot of these, if they would have animated them in the movie, would have fit. They Probably. could have. Honey Pie would have fit in this animation. Yeah. Bungalow Bill, Blackbird. It's, it's interesting how they, they, they had this bad song and say, well, we'll give it to the Yellow Submarine people, but this Eleanor Rigby is used in the movie, you know? What do you mean bad songs? Hey Bulldog? You I love Hey Bulldog. So, Rob, what's, you what's you left? Rob, what's left of your stuff? I don't know. Oh, yeah, what happens, you don't to, know? What happens to the rest of those I don't songs? Know what Revolution number nine, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Let, let, let John put it on uh, uh, one of his Yoko I'll, I'll take care of it later. I'll take care of it later. Let, I, I, as much as I think Revolution Up and Nine is, is interesting, and I've listened in the dark to that song, and uh, it is scary when you listen in the dark. And you know, Giles said that the Re 5.1 remix is scary, and I've heard people talk about that already. Wait, Scott had a question. Scott had a question. Oh. Listen, I'm looking at the. I, I, I love the idea. I love the track list. I just think the lyrical content of Side 2, Revolution is a little heavy-handed, mm. content-wise. That's interesting. Um, well, it already come yeah. out as a, um, no, I, a I, B-side yeah. for I, I get it, but I'm also seeing this, this is 13 tracks. You could have done this in even 12 tracks, dropped Revolution I, 1. I thought That's about that. I thought about making it 12. Only, only because, just like I said, I think, I think Revolution is a little bit heavy-handed lyrically. Compared to the rest of that side. Yeah. Other than that, I think it's I think it's a brilliant execution. And so what we were thinking, well, Scott, what point. we were thinking after he said this was that anything not on this album would then come out on the Beatles again Hey Jude album. Right. Because compilation. Yeah. Because yeah. It, they did do yeah. that. They put out everything that wasn't on an album. Right. B sides and so. But like then maybe, again, it depends. I maybe mean, it's on there. And what a weird album that would. But that that album wasn't been released in uh, Great Britain, so that's part of. Well, it, so. and again, a thing like a Beatles again could have been conceivably like a stopgap record if the Beatles had not had the hard stop. Right. If there hadn't been the actual the the breakdown, again to perpetuate the Beatles idea. When Klein did it, it was being done as a business maneuver. Right. That's but one of the had, you, you know, April 70 not come out with, I'm out of here, with Paul, and if there hadn't been all the acrimony, could there have been a Beatles again that would have sort of been a, oh, look, they're back with, an, there's another record. And maybe one of them would have said, they could have been in the press saying, oh, yeah, we've got this new but I don't know if you'd go back. A lot of times the Beatles would leave stuff to the side, you know. Right. Uh, right. You know, so we would have that had... That means a lot is what yeah. was left to the side. So, this, so all your stuff would have been on Beatles Anthology in 1994. Well, maybe. I mean, <laughs> okay. and, and then Revolution Number 9 would be like, oh, wow, that's great. Just like when one day we hear the 27-minute version of Helter Skelter and we're all disappointed. Not going to happen. <laughs> and Carnival of Light. And we yeah, all well, just try to figure out why is that? 15 minutes of our life we so, didn't get back. Right. I, I, dis I disagree with... Uh, 
Mitch about the two separate albums. Yeah. I, uh, about <laughs> we're getting clapped. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, please do. <laughs> and the Third problem days. with breaking up double records is, uh, I think of uh, "Use Your Illusion" by Guns N' Roses. It was supposed to be I a double. That, that was that was two separate records. Right, but it was supposed to be a, a two CD set. Right. And the record company begged them to make it two separate right. albums. Because they heard to it. come out on the same day. No, it's a good record. They're both records. I mean, right. it's different. And the same with uh, Springsteen. About the same but time. But two very distinct records, though. Right. Yeah. Uh, Lucky Town. But what, and, um, like, don't forget, though, we're going with the idea that we're not breaking up the White Album. There was no... Right. We, we're all... Well, too, well, well my, 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 also, what I was right. thinking, the other thing, because when I was doing the research, one of the things I was thinking about is that if they were going for a one-record set, let's say, it would really have ended when George Martin took his vacation in September of, of, of 1968. Then they would have got the record together and then put it out in November. Yeah, interesting. So, if that maybe that's why George Martin picked September to take his vacation, not because he wanted to get away, but because he figured by then the album would have been done. And I can understand why George Martin said one record would Suffice. would have been more of a solid thing. At the same time, the Beatles had so much music waiting to be used, and, and we could have had them go on if they hadn't broken up. We could have had them use the stuff that they were doing for the White Album, like Polythene Pam, Mean Mr. Mustard. Still come out later as a different incarnation of the Beatles. I mean, even though they were the Beatles, but just later on in life. But, and again, we go back to, we talk about the, these interviews with Rolling Stone magazine, because before, no matter what you said about John saying, I want to divorce this meeting, that meeting, you know, Rolling Stone, both George and John, commented on well, we're just taking a break right now. They did both say And this was very late in the proceedings, and this was going into the beginning of 70. So it's that whole idea that maybe there was a possibility that it, it, it could have continued. Again, right. you know, I go back to, there, there's a point where they were considering doing some restructuring. There was the idea that John implied at one point, listen, we can get this whole publishing thing straightened out. I go forward as John Lennon or Lennon-Lennon, your songs go forward as McCartney or McCartney, McCartney. Harrison's going to get his three or four. Harrison comes back with, pardon that. well, I could say, if all of you, I want a side. And they say, well, you go off and do your solo thing or whatever you're going to do, but why don't we maybe do four, four, and four, and Richie gets one. And this is not speculation. You know, this, this is, is not speculation. This is, this is really but also, this is really what was said. But So, point being, could there have been a conceivably a going forward? Could you play that tape now? But also the other thing that's going on in, in early 69 is they're fighting for the future of the band financially. True. You yes. have the but Northern you, Songs thing. You have Klein being uh, friends wait, with everyone. But listen to what you said, though. Yeah. Klein. Klein comes in and goes, wait, I'm your friend, Paul. Klein and comes Paul in. says, no, you're not. But in my universe, if uh -oh, we, if we, don't, if we don't have a Let It Be... Right. If we don't have a Winter of the Discontent, if we don't have a January 69, where's John? He's hanging out with Yoko somewhere. Oh, he's gone. And, and guess who he doesn't maybe run into? Ronda Klein. Ronda Klein. Uh, Alan Klein. <laughs> so <laughs> if he doesn't run into Alan Klein, if, or if Jagger gets to him and says, dude, but Jagger really? did get no. to him. No, but Jagger got, but then Jagger quickly changed his mind and said, you know what? The guy's a shyster, maybe. Be careful. He is. Tread lightly. He's maybe maybe Klein stuff. didn't get to him. Uh, hang on, Tom so, has a question. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, that whole client could work two different ways. Let's say he does mean him. 
then now they've got all these all these other songs because he's restructuring their their contract for well he did and that's why yeah. Beatles again comes out. you have all these other songs that you can release as albums as right. the Beatles instead of solo albums. Right, maybe that's right. Be. I mean, right. one of the problems is is that Klein comes in and John and Yoko love him. <laughs> And then, of course, uh, George and Ringo go along, and Paul saying, "Well, you know, my father-in-law gets people a lot of money too." And you know, what happens if Again, Paul didn't totally. date Linda? <laughs> you know, he doesn't meet the Eastman, so he doesn't do bit bop. But but then again, he, you know, he, who's the only Beatle that kept their no masters? Who's the no only Beatle keep his masters as a solo artist? All right, Rob. Excellent points. So I mean, I'm just saying. But you got to get off stage now. No, I'm just one more thing. I just uh, yeah, one, one more thing. thing. Yeah, he Lumbo. Anybody whoa. can do it. Whoa, 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 whoa! Boy, there's a signal from God. Now the, the the other problem is, where does George Martin fit into this? Because if he's gone home and gone to no, bed. No, no. If, if if the Beatles take a break, so to speak, and there's no Let It Be and no Abbey Road. Why does George Martin have to leave his charges? Because he was Why so George angry Martin? about the White Album, then the, the Let It Be mess. But what about what about a potential phone call from Paul saying or he did yeah, that's at what that he point? Said. But again, we're talking about if it's minus some of the acrimony. What right. about the idea of there being a phone call from Paul after the fact, saying, "Hey, do you want to go back in, John? You want to go back in and do a record like the old days?" But it doesn't what have to be that? 1969. But, but it doesn't have to necessarily be 69. It doesn't matter. Well, the still around seventy two, so. You know, there's that footage of uh, I saw on YouTube of no Klein in my world, where John admits that Paul was right <laughs> I about had to Klein. Do that. Yeah, I don't know where it is. It's on YouTube. Just type in John Lennon, uh, yes, Alan Klein. He does Rob, look to your right. Says <laughs> Tony's like, releases. Oh, uh, behind the clock. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that was my thing to go. <laughs> thank you. Put, put wow. Yellow Submarine music for good use. Long Tony, thank you, Rob. Wait, what are you clapping for? Thank you. Don't don't clap the other two. Are you clapping because he finally left? No, wait. I don't don't click don't I'm click mine yet. I'm not clicking. Don't click mine yet. I'm okay. not clicking yours no, yet. That I'm sounded getting, weird. I'm getting a little weird here because we talk about the like, as if I don't usually. But um, the, the idea being that we we've already had like Rob pull the single off the album. I'm kind of doing something a little crazy where we know the White Album is kind of like the first instance where we really had a conscious stereo mix. We did a mono. We did a stereo. So maybe part of the idea here, here would have been we did have a hugely successful single that was only available in mono. Maybe maybe we're going to put it on the album so we get stereo. Maybe John would have actually done the stereo mix rather than having watched it come out on the Hey Jude compilation and said, you know, did you hear that? They took my, my record and they made it into ice cream. You know, well, that was actually on, on 6770. But, you know, maybe John would have had a hand in the stereo mix of the fast version of Revolution. So maybe, go ahead. Oh, okay. Go ahead. There you go. Oh, next one. Mine's the White Album, plain and simple. It's the Beatles, but it'll become the White Album. Go ahead. Next. I'm there. Track list. There we go. Oh, you can't see it. So, so I've made it really, you know, like, but I sort of started out back in the USSR. Don't pass me by. I just thought it worked really nicely. Oh, bloody, oh, blood, da, wild honey pie. Yes, it's two Paul songs in a row, but oh well. Everybody's got something to hide while my guitar happiness is a warm gun. Fine album closer. Side two now, stereo mixes of Revolution, the fast version, not Revolution 1. Martha, my dear, to bring it down a little bit. I'm so tired to pick it up. Then you get your Blackbird, Piggies, Julia, Paul, uh, John's lovely ballad, and then Hey Jude. Interestingly enough, 
you know, the, the jewels, hey jewels, the Julia, whatever. Right. Um, so that's album one. You've now put the single A and B side on the album. One of the reasons, again, now you've got a real stereo mix, and you've got still got a whole bunch of songs in the can. Does Hey Jude come out as a single? Hey Jude has already come out. It has as a already single. come out. So you're yeah. Putting it on so the... you're putting it on the album. I don't. You're not truncating it. It's it fits. I did the math. It fits mathematically. So that's kind of you know. So now this comes out. Songs are in the can, and now you get the next album, the follow-up. So this is again the idea of they have the photos. It's a happy-looking Beatles. And really. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a, it's a goofy-looking Beatles, anyway. Okay. But, you know, again, it's the idea, too, that this, can, this only has to be a number of months later. But Where's that, your white album? So your white album is the first my one? My white album is the first one. It's the again, Beatles, I the asked, white cover. Well, just yeah. like mine, is, the, is right. yours iconic, though, later on in life? I, I don't think it's as iconic because Hey Jude and Revolution are being recycled. So I don't think that But that they're record, on this album. They're on the first album. Yeah, now go ahead to the next track list. So up top, now we've got sort of a little more of an eclectic record here. And I only say this is a little more eclectic because you, you don't have the single. But you've got Birthday, Your Blues, Mother Nature's Son, Sexy Sadie, Helter Skelter, I Will, Long, Long, Long. That's your side one. Now you bring back Revolution again, but you bring it back Revolution 1. So now we get to hear the alternate version of that. Honey Pie, Savoy Truffle, Why Don't We Do It in the Road, Rocky Raccoon, Cry Baby Cry, Good Night. I do bring down side two. I quiet down side two between Rocky Raccoon, Cry Baby Cry, Good Night. For me, the single, well, <laughs> John gets his way. <laughs> Give it up for John. Uh, it's not the Beatles. It's not the Beatles. It's the Plastic Ono Band. John just decides what the hell. I'm going to do this. It's a solo project. and But produced by George Martin and the Beatles. You get the actual you know, notation there. What's the new Mary Jane? For Revolution 9, the Beatles being wise guys, it doesn't give the actual time. It just is long. <laughs> How come your matrix numbers match and mine didn't? Because I wasn't, it wasn't 2 a.m. when I did mine. <laughs> um, wow, that says a lot. But it does. But um, but you know either way what it does is it sort of it sort of gives John that that idea and maybe in a way it can go two ways does it and even on here produced by George Martin and the Beatles they get they get the credit does it kind of make things more tense because now John didn't get Revolution number nine on the record or does it sort of relax things a little bit more because now there's a John solo piece. The Beatles were involved, but it can come out as a as a solo record. Is it a Lennon McCartney composition? Well, yeah, right. I mean, it's McLean music. Okay. I yeah, but you didn't right. put the uh, no, you didn't okay. put the writing credits. In. No, I didn't put the writing credits in. Yeah, no, you're right. Performing the yeah. charts, though. It, that's the thing. I mean, it's going to tank. It doesn't. It's it does. But then again, it's it's going to tank the way. A number of Apple projects at the time, you know, but they does that a bob. Tension with John because he can. I, well, I don't know. I mean, I think that's interesting because it's always that idea of does does John really think that something like a What's the New Mary Jane is going to chart, or is him? Is it just the, you know, all all this is to me is this is kind of like a more spotlighted two virgins, or you know, because this really can be on uh, Apple and can totally. really have Beatles press. Speaking of two virgins. Yes. That came out in the middle of the White Album as well. Right. And the other three Beatles were thinking, wow, this is a big thing. And I quote Roy Carr and Tony Tyler, such a big fuss over such a small thing. But anyway. No, but <laughs> the point is well taken, though. If this comes out, 
in the middle or after your albums of the Beatles. Yes. Does this cause more acrimony with the Beatles? Because not only did, did they get miffed at Two Virgins, but now the Beatles all did this record with him. Yes. Yeah. But, I don't think but so. it's not credited as the Beatles. I don't think this or would be the happy that he, had to, he was the schmuck who did it. I mean, whether or not it's revisionist history, you've now got, and, and apparently Giles says that he's quoting interviews from the time, but Giles now is saying that. George, and I haven't found the George Martin quotes, if anybody knows where the interview is from, where George Martin says, he really liked Revolution Number no. 9. George was do George Martin. George had been doing weird music. He did music. his first hit. You know, well, nice. No, but George had been doing music concrete pre-Beatles. I mean, did, did you remember where those quotes are from? There's a quote that Giles keeps bringing up where he says that my dad really appreciated Revolution 9 at the time. Uh, the only quote I can recall from George Martin was him calling Revolution 9 Scribble. Yeah. Yeah, so how is that? And that's what, but, but it's, but, you know, again, so we don't know whether or not there's revisionist history going on or what the story is, but Giles has said a couple of times, well, my dad, my dad really enjoyed it. He said that there was something different in it every time you heard it, which could be scribble. I mean, when you look at scribble, he thought it was scribble at first, and then came to yeah. Unfortunately, we'll never know. But I mean, it's interesting because George Martin, as I said, George Martin did do music concrete. He did do some experimental electronic work, even pre-Beatles, and did like two singles that were purely experimental. What happened? Go ahead, Darren. No. No, I'm just curious why you uh, didn't put John Lennon on the B side. Uh, the probably, the probably line. one a.m. I think. <laughs> it was just it, honestly, it was whichever single template I grabbed. I just say that, that because I've always found John's singles extremely confusing. The way he they would yes. build each one, one yeah. after another, was the billing. Yeah. You yeah. never knew if there was some thought put into it or whether or not it just was random at the label, right. whether it was so plastic, plastic, on band or plastic. I thought you were doing that intentionally. No. Just to, so, well, no. one thing I have a question for Anthony. Yeah. No pattern. Um, <laughs> Tony, is there a shorter version of Revolution Number no. 9 since it's be, been considered a single? Hang on, hang on. Yes. Anita, can you hold that up a minute? That single? What's that? Is this the oh, yeah, it does fit. We have the 45 of Wild Honey Pie and Revolution Number no. 9. <laughs> <laughs> and it's real. First of all, it's on Capitalist Records and from the album Drug Songs and the album Obscurities. But it does fit it does on fit. a single. Yeah. Now I don't know. If it, would, yeah. it sounds like crap, but it's eight minute whatever it is. It's only but but would it become a four-minute song exactly. it's a right. it does, it as a single? Rob. But I know. But I'm not talking about fitting. I'm talking about B-sides were always important. And even though this is a weird B-side, MacArthur Park was on. it was. You know, something they maybe would want to shorten. The way, you know my name, look up the number, when John wanted to put it out as a single, he cut it from two minutes out of it. Right. So right. why wouldn't no. he do the same thing for Revolution Number 9? No, because I think that was, I think that was a statement. That was a yes. Well, yeah, have you guys heard the, um, there's a classical uh, avant-garde on song called 10th Blackbird that have actually done a live reproduction of Revolution cool. Number 9. We perform with it. Does there. anybody go oh, to it? Along the sound, yeah. And I think that, you know, if you go back to, say, Yellow Submarine and all the music concrete, the Beatles' achievement, like Kubrick's in 2001, of using the avant-garde, but making it absolutely mainstream is such a phenomenal accomplishment. Unfortunately, but, but is this mainstream? Yeah. Just because you put it on an album doesn't mean it becomes mainstream. Yeah, but in a way, though, I, I do see the point, because only because for me, as you know, I've always, I'm guilty as charged, I've always had an affinity for what's the new Mary Jane. Yes, he, he says it in the studio a lot. I always have. He well, quotes it too often. say long, 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 which is kind of like Revolution Number no. 9 with a live group. But right? with a melody. 
Yeah. No, the long, long, long. Just the code. Oh, the, the end. The very, the very end. Yeah. So but, it, but again, it's the end, though, yeah. instead of the whole premise yeah, absolutely. of the song. But so, for me, when it comes to the universe now, like I said, I mean, I was I was going to ask in, you that. Where do the Beatles well, the fit in right now? The universe. So the universe is now, they've taken a break between the two albums. It was the end of 69 on the first one, the White Album. My White Album came out. So now there is no January 69 get-together. Maybe Paul starts doing other projects. Maybe Paul starts dinkering around with junk and stuff like that. Watch it, you. Sorry. Not his junk. Just the song junk. I didn't junk. mean that. Uh, uh, I meant junk. Starts dinkering around with the song junk, starts dinkering around. Maybe, maybe <sighs> George goes off and starts working on what would be the equivalent of All Things Must Pass. He's taking the songs that he was going to bring into the Let It Be project. To me, the idea being that now we've, we've done away with January. I think, I think the whole idea of... We sort of made the whole title of the presentation of Ms. Nomer because the idea is... I think if you take the break, if you get January out of the equation, and conceivably, if you then don't have Alan Klein in the situation, can the whole deal be resolved with less bitterness? And if you can resolve the publishing, if you can resolve the idea that they didn't have to do the film Let It Be, is Paul going to still be pushing for them to tour if Paul now gets a break? If Paul now can start working on maybe some of his other solo projects. Or does, not Rob's version, because he still goes on after Yellow Submarine. We don't. I think so. No, I, no, but, I, but, said, I say Abbey Road happens. Okay. It, and I think it happens around the same time it does. But I, so I think it happens, happens later on. Maybe the idea is maybe time here. passes just to kind of alleviate tensions. And maybe now it's the idea that they are grown up. They don't need to all be in the same room all the time. They don't need to have this pressure of being Beatles. And maybe once the pressure is really off, okay, maybe the idea is that you can actually perpetuate a band that either gets back together or throws some songs in the pool, in the collective pool. And that's taken into the idea that, you know, maybe John really didn't want to say that, oh, I can get better bassists than Paul. <laughs> Heroin. Uh, you know, what's that? Heroin. And the heroin, too. Really? Not to sound funny. No, but, I'm not but, trying to be funny. But but what, what, I, mean, I, I said something really awful when we were putting this all together. I said there's also two other possibilities. Lennon would have gotten lost in his old world and overdosed. Correct. It could have. Sad. But think about it. 1969, all the casualties, 69, 70. If John had had time off, who knows how badly wrapped up he could have gotten in, his, in the drug thing. Contrary-wise, maybe he would have cleaned up quickly. Maybe he would have cleaned up because he wanted to do his own thing, have some of his own projects. Remember, he, he was life with the lions two and three. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and four. Well, you also have to remember we won't talk John and Yoko. Soon. John and Yoko were in a car accident right at the beginning of Abbey Road. Right. Yeah. Where they missed the beginning of the, those sessions. So not a big accident, but they were gone for a week. But it's not just that. But again, right. would that have happened if they weren't sort You're of right, trying to work to a timetable anymore? Knowing that there's... Oh, we right. got to do another record. But right. And in so. my world, if they do go back together, or if they don't go back together, let's just say it is the yes, demise do, of the beat. Yes, they do. Yeah. So if they don't go back together and they just totally fade away, does it ruin the legacy of the Beatles? Now, yes. Mark did and said in an interview recently that the Beatles, it was perfect when they broke up. They were together from 62 to 70. They were on the top all the time. They were never anywhere other than top. So, you know, to your point, you know, would have, in the beginning when you said, you know, would they allow that to happen, my albums? Does it ruin the legacy of the Beatles? Probably for me. 
and probably for the world, because again, no Abbey Road to say it's our final album, it's the greatest thing since again, life. For you, from, like I said, from my me. world. Yeah. Well, but in my world, then they come back together, and, and that's also not a good thing, because in my world, maybe in 73, instead of the Ringo album, it, it's a Beatle album, okay? The only problem is, as we know with the Stones, you know, they're still going. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it's good. Right, and you don't want right. to tarnish that. Right. I disagree. I love steel right. wheels, but but it's um, the, but it's the idea too. I mean, to to Rob's point in a way, if you've now given the White Album a single disc treatment, you've put some leftover tracks on Yellow Submarine. You now have some other tracks left over. Are these songs that maybe not necessarily those recordings, but maybe John then goes back and revisits some of his songs that were left off of. That right. project, like Polythene maybe Man. Paul goes right, and so maybe the maybe the universe was looked at. Went right, back. You know, so maybe Abbey there. Road becomes a different record because maybe there's more and different Lennon involvement with it. Maybe you know. Well, one of the things that drops to me for Let It Be is I've always looked at it as it's sort of the breakup. You've been dating a girl for a long time, and all of a sudden you realize you know it's, you're starting to lose the interest, and then <laughs> Abbey Road is to me is the last moment with the girlfriend before you break up. And you know you're breaking up. And you're such a hopeless romantic. I am, I am. And <laughs> even at the same is time... Is it a quickie or is it like a... No, really it's, a long, it's a long it's thing because you know it's ending. It's you, right? You know it's ending. It needs to break up sex. <laughs> no, no, it's not break up sex. It's goodbye sex. And they want to leave on a good note. it's time to say goodbye. Yeah. No, to say goodbye. Wait, goodbye. So yes. Goodbye, goodbye. Tony, first time caller, I want to make two comments. <laughs> <laughs> And the first is that the three of you do this bizarro universe. You create yes. your own universes. Yeah. And none of you think to make a universe where John doesn't say yes to Yoko Ono in the gallery. No. <laughs> because, no, because... Because Paul says point. yes. No, I, 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 I met, Yoko met Paul first. We got Correct. That's but why no, I said in, that. In all seriousness, I think that the idea that we were putting forth here was the idea of how they individually could have potentially in a different way, approach the Beatles project. Whereas the John and Yoko thing was, you know. But, but to be but, serious, right? yeah. um, there's a thing that good historians, and there are about four of them on the face of the earth, um, good historians refer to as a temporal fallacy. And that is when you look back at something and don't realize that time has passed Absolutely. between this and that. Absolutely. So one of the other amazing things about the Beatles and the list of a million and ten is that they were incredible evolutionary artists. Every album was incredibly different from the one that preceded it. Well, when you split up a white album and put a year between them... Well, to Richard's, Richard's point, I think you're getting to yeah, it pretty yeah, much. Yeah. You, there isn't that evolution. But is the evolution in all instances 100% real, or do, is it partly perceived? I say that because like the one that I always bring up is... I just did something with Scott Fryman and we the deconstructing magical mystery tour thing and we, I did a Q&A with, with Scott and, and one thing that came up is, is that is there such a quantum leap between Sgt. Pepper and magical mystery tour? Correct. If magical mystery tour is I am the walrus, the answer is absolutely yes. Yes, yeah. But if it's Fool on the Hill and if it's, you know, I mean, again, right. If so it's the I am EP, the walrus is the quantum leap that we go, ah, oh, yes, there was no. a... So if, if time, if we really picked apart all of our choices, do, are there the one or two songs where you go, yeah, man, that was, wow, they went forward there. Uh, 
to me, sometimes I think, yes, definitely I agree with you, the temporal concept, but I think sometimes we can apply with the Beatles' work and say, yes, there was advancement because we're, we're looking at a pre-existing thing that already happened. You know, it'd, it'd be a different sound, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, between their albums, it's not just the songwriting. We know that they sometimes use yeah. material right. that had, you know, yeah. in stuff, but <coughs> it's the difference in the production sound. I mean, the White Album has got such a different sound to Pepper, you know, and then Abbey Road is. But is that, but Pepper. again, to, to that point, and I was just going to say it with Tony, what he's saying, there are a lot of people who don't like the White Album, for whatever reason, and, and there are. Um, I'm not going to get it right now. It was okay, you know, and it wasn't my favorite album because it was so different. It was so. Is that a leap forward from Pepper? It's I'm, different. I'm, it's different. Uh, correct. In presentation, yes. Right. In presentation, absolutely. It but is evolved. it right? Yeah. It, but is it yeah. better? We don't know. I mean, it's different. But the question would be too if if the idea was for them to simply preserve the legacy or to preserve the sanctity of the band. Would it have been a thought of even worrying about progressing at that? I think they no. would have re-recorded the, the tracks that you're. The, yeah, you know, they would have recorded them again. We wouldn't. Have I, that's I that's, that's a one of the problems. Is, is sure. that but would they made sure, it too lush? No, if they no. took George Martin in and re-recorded, well, are they too lush? No, it's not was Abbey Road too original? lush? Abbey Road wasn't. You can't blame Abbey Road of being too lush. Oh, I don't know about really. that. The, the, the thing is, though, my my theory has always been that. Once George Harrison left the Beatles, he was happy. He can have a whole album to himself. I've, I've always said that if the Beatles were to get back together, it would always be George Harrison holding them back, not John and Paul, because they knew how to work with each other. I don't other. know. I think, I think, I think Harrison... I think George would have said, I don't need you guys. And I've always said that John would have been on the phone screaming at him, get your ass back here. Right. Like when he when, when they did I'm the Greatest, he said, get your ass down here. Well, so we would have had a single album, All Things Was Passed, and the Beatles would have gotten a couple of decent tracks out of it. Maybe. We, we only have a few minutes, but then, yeah, a couple of questions. This is a really interesting question about this uh, this thing about time, because we're about to say, I'm, I'm working on this even in my own mind right now, um, just on a teaching course on Bruce Springsteen. It's almost like Springsteen decided, especially after Steel Mill, he just decided, you know what, I'm going to stay in garage band world. I'm not going to progress and evolve. I can see what he did to the Beatles, so many other people, where it becomes his pressure. The next one's got to be this, the next one's got to be this. That's it, you know, the point where you can't really do that anymore. But so, was there pressure, or the Beatles just evolved because they were the Beatles and they right. were evolving no matter right. what? Right. Point, I don't yeah. think there that's, was a pressure. They were just the Beatles and they, better than everybody. I mean, right, I'm sorry. The they point. didn't care what people thought. Yeah, I would say something right. that would connect to all of these points, and that is that I when you so. look at the artists like Springsteen or the Rolling Stones, who've been around for a very long time, generally one of two things happens. Either they find their formula and they just keep sticking with that yes. formula because yeah. that's what the audience wants. Absolutely. Or like a Paul Simon, they try many different things, many of which fall flat. Big but time, the their audience doesn't connect. So the question here is, again, going back to your point, surely if we had a magic wand and solved the problems in January 69 we, and had our wish come true, we could have kept the Beatles alive and they could have made more albums. But the question is, would they have still been the Beatles? Well, that's absolutely. To, to Mark Lewis's well, point, they that's were at the top. You, right. yes. Bruce Springsteen, the and late you, 70s. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is. right. And you bring forth exactly. I mean, that brings the whole thing home because the idea of, as we talked about, like the opening slide was saying, that would yeah. a single disc white album mean the end of the Beatles or the death of the Beatles? 
perhaps the had they done well. that, and, and September 69 didn't happen, no explosion, no acrimony, no breakup, no FUs, no how do you sleep, <laughs> does that mean that it goes out with not a bang and a whimper, but, you know, they get back together, and, you know, all of these fantasy albums that come out of the Beatles 1972 album, the Beatles 1974 album, you know, who knows? Maybe the Beatles single would have been, you, you know, who knows? You know, I God mean, but, 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 um, but the, the, so the truth is, would there have been a kind of like going out slowly with a whimper and a cry rather than with a bang? So it's not really the demise so, of the Beatles as a band, but it could also be the demise of their legacy. Well, also, yeah. another thing, let's say George never comes back and John Lennon says, hey, Eric, come over and join us. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's something to think about, too, because one thing about the Beatles, it was always the four of them where a band like the Stones has had several guitar players over but, the years. But would they have had to have called themselves the Plastic Ono Band you know, for contractual but, and then, then, yeah, but then there's no Layla. Right. Well, then, the Beatles uh, do Layla. Now, yeah, right, now you're going. <laughs> well, we, we're running out of time, but we hope you enjoyed the... We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Fab Four Free For All was edited and produced by Tony Triguardo at Word of Mouth Studios in Westbury, New York. The opening and closing theme is My Dolly by the band The Badge, featuring longtime listener Jeff Slate, available on its debut album Digital Retro and recent Best Of compilation, as well as from the Fab Four Free For All website. Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free For All.